wrestling fans, welcome to Hagerstep and Hersheysdale High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Brewer along with Dane Filling, and our special guest tonight will be Tony Abbott from the Cowan, and I can't think of, Cowan Blackhawks. Sitting right there in the front of his shirt. Didn't know that offhand, but uh, Dane, uh, good show on uh, tap for tonight. Uh, AJ's here to talk a couple ads with us as well, and uh, we could use a few more people out here. We've been pushing this up, trying to get out here and get the special tonight. It's like a, a chicken Alfredo something or other with a breadstick. Chicken and casserole with a breadstick. And uh, we encourage everybody to come out next Sunday, especially as we reveal the uh, pairings for the Team State Tournament and uh, who's seated where and what that bracket is going to look like. It is a little bit different format this year, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But um, next Sunday, our show will begin at 6 o'clock. And uh, we'll have Joe Caprino and Mike Reiser, the two stars of uh, Guerrilla Radio, here in a simulcast, both on YouTube and on Facebook Live and on WZBD all the way around. And uh, it it should be a really good show. We like to say they have the second best radio talk show in the state of Indiana. I'm not sure you two boys have a face for... I know. Well, video. last year, I don't remember if we actually got on video. The, the, I was in frame like this. Like half my face was on. Perfect. That's yeah. Half even, as much as I needed. We even brought out Dave Nathan last year. We did. If I remember right. So I think we'll actually be in the restaurant this year, not out in the pavilion. But okay. uh, we'll give more details as the, as the week goes on. A lot of things changing with Team State from day to day. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. Rex, you and I were at the ACAC duels on Saturday. And uh, it was a quick tournament. There were a lot of pins. A lot but, of forfeits. Uh, you know what? As we said multiple times, it was great to see six or seven teams uh, competing. We saw some really close dual meets, and whether or not you know the the matches are lasting in the third or the second period, those pins still count the same. And uh, there were some really good performances all around. I thought that South Adams bounced back from a pretty heavy loss on Friday night and wrestled really well. They sustained some injuries at the beginning of the day and weren't quite competitive with Adam Central. Adam Central loses the first match of the day to Jay County, and they come back and they win the rest of theirs. But even down in the lower ends, we were talking about Southern Wells, obviously, with three or four guys. They're not competitive, but, you know, Heritage goes through, and they lose the first uh, four rounds of the tournament, and somehow their coaches are still out there convincing their kids that they got a chance to win, and they come back and they beat Woodland in a close match. They almost beat South Adams. It was 42-40. to 40. Yep. Uh, they had a, a major decision that could have been a pin that could have won in the tiebreaker, and then obviously they beat Southern Wells. But uh, overall, it was good to see a big tournament with a bunch of kids and a bunch of mats and everybody together. And, uh, it, you know, I think we learned a lot about Jay County. They have a really solid team, top to bottom, not a whole lot of holes. And I think if they were invited to this year's 2A team state, I think there's a couple of teams that they could knock off there. And I think that match against Adam Central may not have been as close even because uh, there was a match that went into overtime, and uh, there was a kind of a questionable call that a very quick uh, control given on a takedown in the uh, sudden victory that uh, probably could have let roll a little bit to see if there was really control, and uh, Coach Myers was livid. I it mean, wasn't he, Drysdale that made that call, was it? No, no it was it Josh was, Howard. Josh Howard. Oh, but, uh, he's a good official. I, I commented after the match to a couple friends. I said, uh, Coach Myers, he reached his, uh, his general <laughs> threshold. You don't see him get fired up very often. And when, when he is and when he vocalizes that he's upset about the call and that it wasn't right, you know that, that he's awfully upset. It may have been yellow card range. <laughs> I don't know about that. But I, I know when he got to the side, he had a program that was rolled up in his hand, and it – was gone. 
yeah. He just said that's not right. That's not right. You didn't you didn't have it right. But uh, you know, sometimes in wrestling, the official thinks that they've seen it this way, and you think you've seen it this way. And there's only so much discussion that can happen before you just have to step back and say, "Hey, you're the one in charge. You got to make the call." Now, I'm going to ask AJ as a, as a coach. You would almost rather let the referee, especially in sudden victory, let it go a little bit and make sure it's true control and let them scramble a little bit because a lot of these, some of these kids are really good. I mean, you can scramble out of something when, and it's not really a set takedown, and you'd just as soon let it scramble a little bit, wouldn't you? Well, if I've seen kids that have gotten behind good kids, taking them down to the mat under control, everybody's supporting points hit, and the kids are that good that they pop right back up and get an escape, and the official gives no takedown. I got kicked out of a match at Woodland one night because the official on the mat said that was no takedown. And I said, why wasn't it? We got behind him, took him down to the mat. Everybody's knees hit, boom, control. Beyond reaction time. Beyond reaction time. And, And when I explained to the official that the kids, their ability was beyond his ability to make the call. That's when he kicked me out. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. That's, that's the right move. Well, I would say that on Saturday, that match was the highlight probably of the entire tournament. And the takedown in question is the lead uh, picture in tomorrow's Decatur Daily Democrat for the story. But uh, I think you're going to hear a lot about Logan Allman and Tony Wood. Tony Wood is a freshman from Jay County. Uh, who lost the overtime match. Those are two kids that uh, I think you're guaranteed to see uh, at the semi-state level and kids who have their eye on, on state birth. And I think the situation was was there was a whizzer, and uh, a whizzer was in control. And it's an they, overhook, folks. And, and they rolled through, and it, they were still rolling, and there was, there was no stop. They didn't come to a position where anyone was in control, and they rolled through a whizzer situation. And I think Josh got a little trigger happy, and he, he blew the whistle on it before he really should have just let it kind of – settle down and you know in those situations too sometimes that change that that call changes when it's in the middle of the mat versus when it's on the edge of the mat and you'll see some officials when it's on the edge of the mat you know all of a sudden it's two but if it were in the middle of the mat they wouldn't have called it that way Uh, but a great match and i think those two if they end up in the same situation that's probably the finals at the acac on friday night in january and potentially uh, looking at the way that weight class works in our sectional, that's potentially the sectional championship match also at 120. And I think the same situation goes as long-time referee. I'll tell you that if there's two kids in a really close match and it's coming down to the end and you're thinking about giving a kid a reversal or something with like two seconds left going to match and it's tied up, we're going to let them stay tied and we're going to go to overtime and then we're going to have a clean shot. I'm not going to be make that call that's going to like jab somebody at the last minute and make a cheap call. Let's take him to overtime. We're going to let him wrestle another minute and see who really comes out on top. So Logan Allman now is 12-0 and on the year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him when, he, uh, when uh, Gavin Cook comes back. That's potentially this week. If Allman drops down to 120 and then Cook is 126 and then McAfee is 132, or if those guys move up uh, because you've got uh, Evan McAfee, who has a pretty decent uh, 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 record so far, and then you've got Dakota Perry, who's six and three as a freshman this year at 138. So mm-hmm. Coach Curry has some some room to move there. And as we talked to Coach Abbott here in the 1A tournament, that's what it's all about, man. When you can pick and choose where your studs go in a lot of different weight classes, you really have an advantage. We did see Gavin Cook in the lineup and score points. He did. Saturday. He took a, he took a forfeit. And uh, I talked to Coach Curry last night, and he mentioned that that there's a good a good chance that Cook 
gets at least one match on Saturday just to try to get his legs underneath him, but it won't be against anybody who's of, uh, of great caliber probably. Yeah, because it was, a, it was a, not a severe break during football, but it's something that, I mean, one of his forearm bones that is going to have to be wrapped and probably padded, I think. But uh, I, I think it's something he'll come back for this season. And, you know, other positives coming out of this weekend – uh, you know, South Adams had three or four forfeits. Bluffton had three or four forfeits. Those are two teams that we're going to see get a lot better here in the next couple weeks. As Coach Gaskell gets everybody back from football, uh, Coach Sprunger at Bluffton has some guys who are out right now, including Landon Birch. And when, when he comes back and the rest of that team is back, Bluffton's not going to have the forfeits that they had. I mean, they were hamstrung from the beginning. When you're giving up 24 points and you can take your worst guy, bump him up a weight, and all of a sudden he gets six points, it's really hard to win in a competitive conference like the, like the ACAC. Now, oh, go ahead. Oh, Rex, I think we ought to talk a little bit about the Belmont uh, quarantine situation. Obviously, Belmont's match last week was canceled. Uh, the match that we were supposed to have on air on uh, tomorrow night against Snyder is canceled. The match on Thursday against Leo is canceled. They're not going to Jay County on Saturday. And really, it's an indefinite suspension of all <coughs> wrestling right now we don't know how long it's going to be we don't know whether belmont's going to be able to get back and wrestle against wawasee on the 23rd i would think 10 days is what we're looking at yeah and so the question sort of becomes okay if we get one practice in or two practices in is it the right move to go ahead and wrestle uh, a match or would it be better off to get a good two and a half three hour practice in rather than traveling two hours north for one single match. I don't know. They have just two matches in right now. And currently on their schedule, they have one dual meet against Wawasee on the 23rd, one dual meet against Penn on the 29th, and then Team State. So with the weekends, Christmas Day, what is that going to look like? We really don't know. And, Dane, I know you're going to talk about Team State during this broadcast, but that's also kind of an iffy situation it is and you know what you you may and i've been saying this all year and some people may not like it but you make all of these plans around team state there's no guarantee that it's going to happen i mean we may get news tomorrow it's on we'd hear the venues here are the times here are the dates but a week from now that could all change because there are administrators who run these buildings who are in charge of what happens in them who are liable for what happens in them and they may pull the plug at any moment so we've got to adjust and uh It'll be interesting in these next we're, – we're less than three weeks away now from, from when this tournament is supposed to happen, and we're already having talks about change of venues, change of time, and, and that kind of thing. So, Do we have a spot we need to read here, Dane? Yeah, um, the Double Eagle. And I just was talking with our boy Jason, the owner of the Double Eagle, Jason Cree, and we thought that the IU-Purdue-Oaken bucket game was a thing in the past – and his uh, pants party was not going to happen. But lo and behold, we're having a pants party right here at the Double Eagle. And that's coming up this Friday evening. Show up, folks. Wear your colors. Wear your IU striped pants. Wear your Purdue black and gold pants. Please and wear pants. <laughs> yeah, it's not a D-pants party. It's a pants party. And you do that, and we're going to have special prizes, special uh drink offerings it's going to be a good time and a chance to watch a game that i did not think was going to happen but 
by golly, the Oakland Bucket game has happened in Friday night. It's going to be on TV. It's going to be on the Big Ten Network, I believe. And Jason will have it on all 13 of his TVs around, big TVs around the whole room. It's going to be terrific. And your IU Hoosiers are pretty heavily favored in that match game, weren't they? I think 11 points the last time I looked. But if they win by one, that's all I care about. <laughs> it's a win. So with that, I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse running the board for us for a round of messages played at studio. We'll be back with our, our guest for the first period right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to the Haggard Scepter Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill and uh, sitting into our interview loft uh, one segment early, but uh, we always like to get our guys in here to, so they can kind of comment on this. Was, uh, we're joined by Coach Tony Abbott of uh, Cowan High School, and uh, we appreciate Tony taking that drive up here tonight. And I uh, said he had some wings here at the Double Eagle. They're pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for, thanks for you guys having me up. No problem. Well, Coach, one of the unique things about this uh, Team State Tournament, the way that it's been set up the last decade or so, is the fact that you get invited in March or you qualify in February and then get invited in April and you really have a, a chance over the summer to think about who's in the tournament, who's not. You see them in the summer perhaps in a tournament and then you start to see results as they climb in. How do you, uh, how do you see the Cowan Blackhawks as they, as they line up with some of these other 1A teams in, uh, in this uh, first trip for Cowan to the, uh, to the 1A team state? Well, like you said, when you, know, when you see, see all this stuff coming out and then COVID hits, it kind of uh, puts a little crink in everything. But um, I, I just kind of focus on our team. Um, we're building their numbers, and, and our kids are, are working hard to, to be better. So. So this week at the ACAC duels, as we alluded to a little bit earlier, it was uh, Jay County finishing 6-0. Adam Central won sort of an anticlimactic match against South Adams. Coach Gaskell kind of threw up the white flag and said, hey, we're not going to be able to compete, so we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So Adam Central goes 5-1, and one, uh, South Adams 4-2. and two. Bluffton ends up the 3-3 three and three team. Um, they were coming in ranked higher than South Adams and Adam Central. I thought they had a really good team. We did not see their full team. We saw guys. We had the sheet in front of us, and we kept saying, well, where's this guy? Where's this guy? Where's this guy? There's no Birch. There's no this guy. They had four forfeits on the night, and that's obviously not going. You're not going to win any matches at Team State with four forfeits. Um, and then Heritage goes two and four. Woodland, one and five. Saw some good things from a couple of Woodland guys. And then uh, Southern Wells, obviously, with just three or four wrestlers. They're, they're, they've got a lot of work to do going forward. 
Nobody can fault them. I know we were talking to you. You said Cowan's at 280-some uh, students. 238. Oh, 238. Yeah. Okay. That's right around the, the range that Southern Wells is. And when okay. you have a change of, of coaching staff, a complete wholesale change, not just promoting the assistant to the head coach, you know, there's a, there's a lot of buy-in and, and, and taking a step back. And then last year, really, they kind of knew that it was going to be Landis' last year. He's got four or five great seniors that get all the focus, and then all of a sudden the the cupboard is bare, and they're going to have to work that you know they're going to have to work their way back in to uh, to that program, and a new coach is going to have to do the same work that Coach Landis did so many years ago. And Tony, you know what that's like. I mean, you went and started that program from scratch from Cowan, and uh, I mean, we watched you come into the sectional and uh, started seeing that uh, that team get better and better, and each year your numbers were up. And uh, as Coach Calvers talked about at at Lewis in the past, it's not easy to start from scratch. And, I mean, you, you take your lumps and you have to go out and tell a kid, look, you're going to get beat 20 times this year, but next year you might be better, so you've got to come back out again. And, and some of those kids won't come back out. Right, it's tough. It's tough. Um, starting out, like I said, we started out with four kids the fir- our first year. Um, but we had all our kids that we started the club with. They were down in the sixth grade, seventh grade, and that's the guys you're seeing now. Um, you know, our second year, I think we had six kids. Um, what's kind of amazing is our third year we had 14 kids and we filled all 14 weight classes. And that doesn't happen that often. You <laughs> How know? do you find 14 kids yeah. in 14 in weight classes? And, and, and they just showed up. It was, it was, I mean, it was amazing that, that, you know, we had some guys drinking some water on the bus to, to, to gain weight and all that. But um, we were pretty fortunate with, you know, filling all the weight classes. And then last year we filled all the weight classes again and we had 25 kids on the team. So, um, we've we've gradually gotten better, and what's happened is our feeder system is has just plugged in year after year after year since we started the club. So as you're seeing Muncie South kind of go down in that school close, you saw a lot of the Muncie kids go out into the county. Is that where you picked up some of those students? I know that Monroe Central's picked up kids, Collins picked up kids, Daleville's picked up kids. As people have left Muncie, I mean, those kids got to go someplace, right? Well, and 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 like I said, and I've told many people this. Um, when we started the club in 2013, um, all the kids we have on the team right now were in that club, and and they were actually at Cowan before we even they even had a wrestling team. So so these guys are really truly homegrown. Um, but you, you'll see some names like Barbosa, Bradley. Those, those guys have um, you know they've they've moved out toward toward the, to the outskirts of Muncie, and and Cowan's just five miles south of Muncie South, so it's right there. You know, so um, it's not a stretch. Yeah, right. So, Rex, uh, looking at Team State, I guess now is the time where we introduce some of the new information that we have. Um, I, I think I'm allowed to say that it seems fairly likely that 1A and 2A are not going to happen at the, at the Coliseum. And right now that means a lot of different things. It means that there's going to be a new venue for both tournaments. Whether or not it's going to be the same venue, I don't know. And right now it's not guaranteed that those that that tournament is going to happen on January 2nd for 1A and 2A. Right now, the powers that be seem pretty confident that 3A and 4A are going to happen. Uh, I believe Franklin is hosting 3A, and anybody who has been to Franklin's new school in the last 10 years knows that they certainly have the uh, facilities to host a tournament of that size. And uh, Jimmy T gave me a call last week, Coach Dante, He's fired up about it, and he's at his new school. And when when I say somebody gets fired up about something, there's a guy who can get fired up about anything. And he's a Reds fan. And Jim Tante. <laughs> now, 4A is being hosted at Brownsburg, 
and uh, Coach Snyder and every, everybody involved with Brownsburg, they're pretty well set, I think, on those eight teams. Those top eight teams in 4A have spent a lot of time wrestling each other over the last two weeks. Now, Modern Day is the one exception. They're currently ranked number one overall on Indiana Matt. Coach Schaefer uh, has had all kinds of scheduling issues because they generally go and wrestle teams from Kentucky and Ohio, and some of these state associations are discouraging teams from crossing state lines. But uh, that 4A tournament this year, unfortunately, when most of us aren't going to be able to see it, may be one of the most competitive top-end tournaments that, uh, that, that we've had in this, in this uh, format since then. Uh, for 2A and 1A, I can't guarantee anything, Rex. I can't guarantee that there's going to be 12 teams there. I can't, I can't guarantee that 2A and 1A are going to be in the same place. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen at the Coliseum. But uh, stay tuned to uh, WZBD, to the Decatur Daily Democrat, to Indiana Matt for updates on that. Hopefully by Sunday, we were talking about this earlier off the air, at some point they've got to say, okay, this is what we're doing or we're not going to do it at all. Hopefully by Sunday we can say definitively it's either going to happen here or it's not going to happen at all. Well, we're going to have our show and we're going to have the draw for the <laughs> layout the tournament. Half of it may not happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, you know, there's other things to be decided too as far as if there's 12 teams invited, what happens if two drop out? Do you bump everybody up a seed? Do you give them a bye? We just don't know. And, and one comment that I want to make to people who are listening, no one truly fathoms how much work Pat Culp, J.D. Minch, Greg Ratliff, uh, the people at the Coliseum who end up getting nothing out of it. There's a lot of people behind the scenes really trying hard to make this work for the 40 different teams who got invited to this, doing their best. And uh, I just ask that everybody has some, some patience and, and some grace with all of these people. And, you know, a guy like Greg Ratliff, he's not the coaches Association president. His team's not in the tournament. He doesn't have a dog in the fight. But, you know, he's trying to balance coaching his team, doing right by this tournament, a family, teaching, all of these things. And everybody's doing the best that they can. You have an ad you need to oh, read? Oh, I do. Name? I do. Well, AJ left us. So he wanted me to tell you that Cross Creek is uh, no longer open for business for golf, but the uh, pro shop is open on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They have gift certificate specials. They have specials on apparel and uh, gloves and balls and those types of things. And um, you can come in during the day and get those. And uh, that's Cross Creek Golf Club here on US 224 West Indicator. With that, the first period has ended. We're going to send it back to Studio Steve Rouse running aboard for us. We'll come back officially with our guest spot in the second period right after this. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Hi, it's Jessie from Heller Nursery and the Christmas season is here. We have fresh cut Christmas trees and greens for decorating. I make wreaths and grave blankets daily. Come to Heller's for your holiday decorations. Poinsettias are a great gift for the ones staying home this season. And we have several new varieties to choose from. Open seven days a week, Heller Nursery is located on 400 West in between 124 and 224, just west of Decatur. 
follow the signs. See updates about Christmas on our Facebook page at Heller Nursery. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Brewer, along with Dane Filling, and once again joined by our special guest who's made the trip north from Delaware County, Tony Abbott of the Cowan Blackhawks. Coach, welcome to the show. I know you mentioned uh, when we talked on the phone on, uh, well, it was yesterday, that you uh, often listen. Are you a live listener or are you a podcast listener? Uh, both. Depends when I, when I can catch it. But, yeah, I do both. Good deal. And we certainly send a shout-out to uh, another Delaware County fan, and that's A.J. Bradley, as he uh, usually listens every week. Uh, A.J. was our guest last week or last year on the uh, Team State show. We may have to send him an invite to uh, give his commentary as the Indiana Mac crew joins us. But, uh, Coach, tell us a little bit about your uh, background in wrestling. Obviously, you have a, uh, a link with Belmont uh, because of your, uh, as the phone rings over there, uh, because of your uh, history with a couple of different Belmont opponents. But tell us a little bit about your wrestling career. Um, I, of course, I wrestled at Muncie South. Uh, three-time state qualifier there. Um, I wrestled actually Paul Baker. I think they got him on the phone now in the finals my sophomore year and, and uh, lost the match. I think the score was eight to four. Um, he got he hit a Peterson on me in the last twenty seconds or something. Um, and uh, just a, he, I'm certain he's on the, on the phone now. But um, he he uh, we, we wrestled three times that year and I got him the first two, but he got me the one that counted. So now you guys wrestled a. Dual meet, if I remember from looking back at the at the the results, you guys wrestled a dual meet, just the two of you. But then you met again. Let's see, what would it have been at regional? No, semi state. No, at semi state. Okay, yeah. and was that at the Coliseum or at Goshen? No, that was at Goshen. Okay, that was at Goshen. And we actually we actually wrestled in the semifinals. Okay, uh, yeah, semifinals. Um, so I think he went on um, and um, at, I beat him at at the uh, semi. Uh, at the semi-state semifinals, and he he went on to get third, so he was on the other side, and then um, he he made it to the finals and and took care of business there. So we are talking about Paul Baker, and uh, through the miracle of technology, Paul has called in. He's out of town. He said he would love to been here tonight. Now the way this works is, Paul, when you talk, they can hear you, but then I only can have the microphone. So any questions they might have for after relay three. So uh, thanks for calling in, Paul. I yeah. Uh, I wish I was there, but when Tony Abbott comes to town, I I, uh, I I tend to leave, so I don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> he kind of took care of me pretty good. So, uh, yeah. But, Hang on. My microphone's going bad. You still there, Paul? Yes, I am. Oh, there you go. I got a bad connection to my wire. But uh, uh, it's always nice to uh, – two guys that wrestled in state finals uh, still remain good friends. I know that uh, you guys had some real tussles back in the day and. uh like he said, uh, one of those things where uh, you, you beat him, he beats you, and then you get him when it counts. Yep, and 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 and, and the whole thing is uh, uh, we we made each other better. Um, just just that rivalry. We, we wrestled each other for a couple years, and 
And um, not to pull our strings at, at any means, but when, 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 you, when you're at the, the top of the game, you look for those matches. And, uh, um, you know, we, like I said, we, we made each other better, and it was one of those deals. And there was another young man down Delaware County named Jeff Tuttle that kind of came into the mix a couple of years there to kind of uh, went against you guys. Uh, he was he was a young man that uh, I know, Bake, you, you took him a couple of times a season that he beat you in the state finals as well, correct? Correct, and I, I never won a dual meet down there, so and I never won a dual meet against that county in Adams County, so yeah, it was, it was they t- tough guys coming from that neck of the woods, that's for sure. You know, back, that was back in the day when the Muncie South was strong. Uh, Muncie Central was not, not quite there, but uh, uh, Delta had built up those teams. Uh, Fred Ginther and those guys had uh, kind of built what now is a kind of like the Michigan All-Stars did back in the day. Uh, Muncie, the Delta area, they built some pretty nice teams down there. Absolutely. You know, and, and that Southside team was really good. You know, they, they kind of followed right after our fortunate teams won a couple times, you know, with Foreman and Abbott and Whitcliffe. I hate to say that, but Pease, man, those guys were studs. You know, Duke, they were they – were, they were, we judged our our ability when we wrestled them you know if if we wrestled them well we were in, we could wrestle anybody well and i i kind of talked to tony off air back in those days i didn't referee a lot of matches around decatur so i went south so i refereed a lot of muncie matches and people accused me of riding the team bus with them because every saturday when they worked a tournament i was there and you know i refereed more muncie south matches in those five years probably than anybody else <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, and it, it showed when we wrestled those guys because you kind of favored them just a little bit. <laughs> I just sure. took a jabbing on that one. I set myself up. Yeah, and I, I, I heard Tony talking a little bit about making each other better, and he's 100% correct. But you know what? He, he beat me 8-1. to one, He beat me 8-2. to two. It took me 17 minutes and 50 seconds to take a lead on him, you know, in three <laughs> matches. So it, 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 I was very fortunate. He was better, but, you know, at the end of the day of the, or end of that night, I uh, fortunately came out on top. Well, Paul, we really thank you for calling in. I wish you could have been here, but uh, through the magic of technology, we was able to put you on his phone call to talk with Tony a little bit. So uh, next time uh, we have him up here again, let's make sure you're in town so you can come to Double Eagle and uh, visit with us. I told you I'm not coming to town when he's there. So, <laughs> no, hey, Merry Christmas, you guys. Take care and have a great night. Thanks, Thank Paul. Thank you. That was uh, Paul Classic. Baker. Paul Baker, I think Paul should have been a two-time state champ. And he was as close to a two-time state champ as should have because I think Tuttle got him like last second of the match. I mean, from the match I remember. And a great supporter of our show <laughs> and uh, of wrestling in the community and, uh, you know, as we went through, and, and we'll talk to Coach Abbott here a little bit about uh, a little project that uh, Sean Froat and I put together to update the uh, Belmont Wrestling Room. I went to Paul and I said, hey, Paul, here's what we need. We need some help with this. And, and he's, you know, where can I write the check? How much do you need? That kind of thing. And uh, we sold some, uh, some blocks that are, that are being made right now at Complete Printing Service and one of our other sponsors and Charlie Brune. And uh, those are going to get installed here over break as people kind of had the opportunity to uh, give some money and donate some money to help us remodel the, the wrestling room and to get their name on the wall as a supporter on the steps that lead up to the, to the wrestling room. And when I put that program out there, I did not expect anybody from outside of Decatur or anybody from outside of a Belmont High School grad to, to want to buy them. And then all of a sudden, I get an email from Tony that the Muncie South guys want to help uh, and we talked about this a little bit off air that, that the Muncie South guys, you guys are kind of rebels now in essence 
you're in exile because you don't have a school anymore that, that's, your, that's your alma mater. And uh, you guys went ahead and, and you bought a block to, uh, to help remodel the, the Belmont Wrestling Room. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, uh, that's still not up yet, but how many years ago is that? <laughs> well, it's been two years. Unfortunately, we went through a brand new remodel in the entire North Adams building, and uh, they wouldn't <clears throat> let us fix it. And then they, they, they took forever to repaint the, the hallway. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're finishing up that. We've got all new wall mats. The whole new room's been painted. Uh, all of the pictures that were on the wall have now been taken off and put back on, and uh, it looks great up there. Now, Tony, have you been into Delta to see the fishbowl wrestling room that they're building No, I there? think they started. I don't think it's done. I think COVID uh, put a little delay on it. I was there and saw a little bit of it, but it's going to be a showpiece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were there for volleyball, and yep. we saw some of the plans, and we were shocked at what that was going to look like with a walking track around it uh, and some workout equipment and uh, just a really big space that's going to be multi-purpose, not just for wrestling but for some other sports. State of the art. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Coach, tell us a little bit more about, about your, uh, I have written down here, your career and your position in the community. What do, what do you do for, for an occupation, and uh, what do you do besides coaching? Okay. Um, well, me and my brother run a family business that's been passed down from my father. It's an auto body business in Muncie. Um, been there since 1960, so um, do that, coach wrestling. Um, I do have a, a couple horses that I train, um, thoroughbreds that uh, run at Shelbyville. Um, sometimes that's fun, sometimes it's not. <laughs> Just depending on how they run. We have a uh, great uh, friend of the show in Brandon Bates, the um, father of both Parker and Hunter Bates, who is um, one of the drivers at Hoosier Park in Anderson, who also trains many horses in his uh, Warren barn. And a lot of those come. No, no you yeah, got thoroughbreds. You got thoroughbreds yeah. that rates that at Indiana Downs. But yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about the challenges of building a program from absolute scratch. You talked well, about Cowan not having anything. No, no. And, and, and they had a team in, in, the, early, in the early 90s. Um, and and <clears throat> with, with the lack of, of participation, they, they thought it was best to drop it. Um, so um, we started it back up in um, 2013. That's when... Muncie South was on the down, the writing was on the wall, you know, um, my kids were going to Cowan, my wife taught at Cowan, I talked to uh, the principal at the time was uh, Jim Suiting, who was a, a uh, uh, Muncie Central coach um, in the past, he wrestled at University of Indianapolis, where, where, where I went to school, and I kind of asked him, I said, what, you know, what's the thoughts, and he's like, uh, you know, I think we can do this, and, and, and I don't know if it would have happened if he wasn't in the position because it had already failed, you know. Um, so we got it started. We got a club going. And um, I've also always said that uh, uh, the, the wrestling team there being gone so long was kind of like putting a new uh, piece of uh, playground equipment out. All the kids are going to run to it. So I just had to keep them there. Mm-hmm. And, and we did. I mean, and, and, and it's showing now. So. And I know one of the first things that you did uh, was in the middle school team. I know my first experience with Cowan wrestling was you guys coming up to the, the triple duel at Belmont Middle School where you right. guys would wrestle, um, I believe it was Blackhawk and maybe East Jay. It was uh, in those, and you've been coming to that ever since. And, sure. and obviously, we know now that you can't just start a high school program no. with a bunch of ninth graders. You yeah. have to have kids wrestling in middle school. And uh, so, w- what's your involvement with the middle school program? Then? So, so uh, the middle school team actually, we, we have a couple practices a day. Um, 
we mix in some of the high school guys with the middle school. Um, some of the other high school guys practice later. So we're, we got our thumbs on them right away. Um, now, I, I, one of the things that we were talking about on Saturday at the ACAC was there's seven teams there, and it felt like about five of them were led by head coaches who all wrestled at Adams Central. Uh, tell us a little bit about the sort of camaraderie in Delaware County wrestling, uh, whether it's at the Delta Sectional or in some of those tournaments down there, where you go down there and you see a lot of other guys that you wrestled with either at Muncie South or in that time period. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Muncie area when it comes to high school wrestling. In the sectionals, I mean, the guys, you know, Delta guys usually have Delta guys there. Um, Muncie guys, you know, AJ's the coach at uh, Muncie Central. He wrestles for me. Um, Westdale guys are the same. I mean, it, it, they do trickle down and stay. I mean, they stay at home and try to make their – they try to repay the favor. That's what – that's you know, that's the name of the game. And certainly that sectional has gone, undergone a lot of change now that Coach McCormick is gone in the Yorktown – program has changed a lot in the last two or three years that's really opened things up for there to be someone new that steps in and uh, the last couple years it's been delta muncie central down a little bit this year i think but uh overall there's a there's a different mix than what it used to be sure sure um you know yorktown has had had a little bit of trouble delville's delville's got a pretty good team um uh, I've seen in the results they've done pretty well, and, and I think they didn't beat Richmond the other day. So, so they're, it's it's definitely competitive there. Now you heard us talk about Belmont and their situation with COVID. Tell us a little bit about what Cowan is doing to combat and to protect themselves from the virus. Well, um, as far as you know, we're doing the cleaning stuff just like everybody else. I mean, wrestling is in general. Um, you know, we've been dealing with a a demon like COVID for a long time and it's called ringworm, you know, so, so we keep everything clean, um, do the best we can do with that. You know, anybody that's been around it, we, we try to set them out, you know, they're asking questions every day or, uh, if people are sick or, or whatever, we don't let them come in. So. Now, how many changes have you had to make to your schedule already just because of COVID cancellations? So, um, we've made one change. We, we were in a 16 team tournament at, at Clinton Prairie that they thought it was best not to have that many teams there. And we picked up a dual meet. Uh, actually, we picked up a little quad duel with uh, Oak Hill and Rochester. Um, they tried to fill the other spot with a couple teams that kind of failed out. But we ended up, we've lost a couple matches, but, but our, our schedule's full. And I should mention that at that uh, triple duel, you beat both Oak Hill and Rochester, two teams who are competing in the 2A and, and 1A team state. So tell us a little bit before we go to break here. Um, how does Team State, uh, we're big prop- proponents of it here at WZBD on the radio, but how does Team State fit into what you're trying to get across to your kids and, and into sort of your season goals? Well, it fit in a lot better until I came here and sat down and talked to you about <laughs> you telling it's not going to happen. But uh, <laughs> So, no, it's, 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 it's a thing that, um, you know, we, we, we take we, – I've had our kids try to buy into this from the beginning and tell them they are good enough to compete there. Um, I think they think they uh, they understand that now after we wrestled Oak Hill and Oak Hill's a, a, a big school and 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 to beat them boosted our confidence quite a bit. And last year Oak Hill and Western were neck and neck. They were the number one and number two seeds, if I remember right, last year. And they just kind of got into a situation where they thought they had Columbia City beat. And then they won the match that they had to, but then Columbia City came back and got an extra team point. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oak Hill's got a guy on the mat who's 17-0 and 0 wrestling a kid from 
Columbia City with five or six losses, and I think everybody thought, okay, Oak Hill's going to win it, and then the Columbia City kid got the first takedown, and then all of a sudden Oak Hill was out of it, and they didn't even realize that they were going to lose. So definitely a very good program uh, with good coaching, with a lot of history, uh, and they've got guys who buy in. And one of the things that I noticed when I was working on the seating for you, if I remember right, everybody that I had on my sheet for your team last year, besides the kids who graduated, they're all back. Oh, yeah, yeah, we lost one kid from last year's team, 220-pounder. Um, he's in the Marines now. Uh, but, yeah, our, it, our team's – we're young. And I will tell you from – and I have a sheet of 120 teams across the state. That's rare. It doesn't matter whether it's Brownsburg or Avon or anybody. Every team across the state is losing two or three guys a year who were varsity last year, and they just don't want to come back. So kudos to you and your coaching staff – for getting kids to buy in and, and to come back like that. So, Tony, before I send it back to the uh, studio for a round of messages, there's a gentleman over there, the really nice-looking beard who came up here along the ride. Who, who introduced your uh, pal that came up uh, with you? Rick Jones, He's uh, he came up with me. He's uh, He was my first – he was the first guy that when we started the program, his kid wrestles, and, and I reached out to him and said, hey, man, I need some help with this, and, and he's been with me every step of the way. So it cost you some chicken wings tonight, but he's here along with you. A couple you. chicken wings, and he's that's all he works for, just a couple <laughs> chicken wings. Well, guys, the Weber family here in Decatur, Brad, Mary, Blake, and Moose, are proud to support high school athletics by helping to sponsor our one-of-a-kind wrestling coaches show. With the civic-minded backing of families like the Webbers and our many local business advertisers, we are able to be the only radio station in Indiana to dedicate a show strictly to the great sport of high school wrestling. Once again, a big thanks to the Brad Weber family and all of our many sponsors. With that, we'll send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse on the board for us for a round of commercials. We'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Know the warning signs. Know the difference and get help fast. Call 911 immediately if you experience these symptoms of stroke. Numbness or weakness of face, arm, or leg. Trouble speaking or seeing. Dizziness or loss of balance. Sudden severe headache. Symptoms of heart attack including chest pain, lightheadedness, nausea, jaw, neck, stomach, or back pain. Pain in the arm or shoulder or shortness of breath. Don't take a chance with your health. Allow Adams Memorial Hospital to safely serve you. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. Welcome back to the Haggard Seven Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling, Wrestling Week, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Rexburg, along with Dane Filling and uh, our uh, special guest still with us for a while, but uh, A.J. Calvert stepped in to uh, read an ad here. I'm not reading anything, Rex. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing it off the cuff. Okay. <laughs> the uh, Cross Creek Golf Club downstairs, and uh, the weather, we had three days last week that we could go back out and play golf. 
and it was glorious. I saw lots Un- of cards. Unbelievable. On it. Wednesday, yep. Thursday, and Friday. But now it's done. However, the pro shop is still going to be open on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So this week, tomorrow, Thursday, Saturday, you can come out, you know, find the deals, buy a membership, get a gift certificate. And the Friday before Christmas, that last Friday, there's going to be some very special deals. If you haven't bought a membership for next year, come check it out. They're, they're going back to the October special deals for a membership. And if you haven't found the special gift for the loved one in your life, it's golf, especially if they're a golfer. Come down to Cross Creek and uh, talk to Dennis, and he'll take care of you, make sure you're all hooked up. Uh, nothing better than a little golf in the springtime, and that's what we have to look forward to. AJ, uh, I was trying to do a little research for you and Dane, the Cleveland Browns fans, and my son texted me and he said, I asked what the weather was like, and he said, cold, clear black skies. Uh, it's it's December in Cleveland, you know. Come on, coming what do you off expect? the lake, yeah, off the, the wind cold. off the lake. It's going to be a. It's probably not a good night to throw the football. So I think Baltimore should have a, maybe an edge here, but I'm still rooting for my brownies. Absolutely. Uh, so we want to go back and we want to give a little bit of an update. Uh, we talked about it earlier. As of right now, as we're sitting here on Monday night. Uh, Belmont is not going to wrestle at all this week. Their next scheduled match is on the 23rd of December. They are scheduled to wrestle at Wawasee. Uh, pay attention to Twitter, uh, to WZBD, to the Decatur Daily Democrat to get uh, more updates on that. But as of right now, the only two matches that Belmont has scheduled are December 23rd against Wawasee. That's a 4 o'clock uh, first whistle. And then on the 29th, they are scheduled to wrestle Penn, and that uh, match will be, hopefully, on WZBD. And then we have Team State. And as we talked about that earlier, that is quite up in the air as of right now, and we're not so, really sure what that looks like. So in the meantime, Dane gets out the big Wheel of Fortune wheel and spins it and says, okay, if AC is not taken out by COVID, we're going to cover every AC match that's available. Correct? We are. Well, we certainly want to uh, reward our sponsors for Adam Central Wrestling. And since we had Belmont Wrestling scheduled for this Saturday and it's off, I think we're going to pick up two rounds for Saturday's tournament at Yorktown. Uh, we do have AC Girls Basketball. That is an afternoon game rather than an evening game. So that sort of uh, pigeonholes us into the early rounds, and we're looking here at the Pool B schedule for the Yorktown 10-way. Adam Central is going to wrestle Dwanger at 9 a.m., and we'd had some discussion earlier about Dwanger and Snyder being the top two teams in the SCAC. That's going to be a really good duel for Adam Central. Uh, Dwanger, one of the teams that was on the outside looking in in the 2A team state this year, but uh, a very good team. And then Adam Central is going to wrestle a 4A team in Mount Vernon-Fortville, a team that was... On the outskirts of the top 20 overall last year, um, I haven't seen that many results from them this year. Uh, and then they're going to get the bye in round three. So we're going to do the first two rounds, I believe. That's at 9 and at 10.30. Adam Central will get the bye then at noon. And then at 1.30, Adam Central is going to wrestle Lakeland, probably the weakest team in that, duel, in that uh, pool. And then Adam Central is going to wrestle Avon. That's not Avon B. That's Avon's regular full schedule uh, team Now, they do have three or four forfeits as of right now, but I think that's supposed to change. 
So they may be the favorite in that pool. And then, as is the case, this is a tournament that goes back and forth between New Haven and Yorktown every other year. Wherever Adam Central finishes in Pool B, they'll wrestle the same team that got that place in Pool A. Now, that could be Prairie Heights. That could be uh, Perry Meridian's B team. Uh, Yorktown, Fort Wayne Southside are a little bit weaker. Uh, it just depends. But uh, the, the placement round will be at approximately 4.30. And they're going to have five. No, I'm sorry. Looking at this, if Adam Central were to win, the championship match is going to be after the other matches. So it will actually be in round seven. But like I said, we're going we're gonna to cover, I believe, uh, round one and two. You're going to have the Adams County uh, basketball coaches show at eight. And then Rex and I will be on air at uh, 9 and 10.30. So, Dane, while well, we got Tony here, I want to ask Tony. You know, Tony, for so many years here recently, Yorktown had built these big power teams up, and then they did just went right off the map. I mean, what do you think? I mean, that's a, that's a very big area. I mean, Yorktown's got some talent there. What do you think it's going to take for them to build that team back up? I, I know that people had some, you know, people didn't like the way some things happened down there, but can that team be good again? Sure, I I think the, I think they got to go grassroots and start over. Um, they got new coaches, uh, new philosophy, and and they just need to grab the little kids and say, "You look here's here's what we're going to do. Here's the way we're going to do it," and wait for them to mature and grow. And, and show them what they were at one point in time, and said, "You know, we can bring this team back." Sure, sure. And and you know, and and it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I talked earlier about you know when we started our team, um, we were the new uh, piece of you know, playground equipment, and all the kids ran to it. Well, they've had this for so long, you know, and, and some of the kids have just – it's that slide's been over there forever, you know. We've already tried that slide or whatever. But it's it's one of those things that um, they got they got to get a just – I don't know, get a little bit of um, – Some buy-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things, too, is Yorktown gained their success right at the end of that era of Indiana high school wrestling – where the disparity between the haves and the have-nots was still not all that great. And as we go forward now and we're in 2020, you know, the days of Belmont and Adam Central beating Brownsburg or Cathedral or Warren Central, those days are over. I mean, they're, you can't they're, do it with homegrown kids. And maybe, and maybe Belmont has a once-in-ten-year shot at beating one of those teams when they're down, but the 4A teams are not getting beat by the 1A and 2A teams. And so some of that is just a change in perspective when you're trying to build back a team. Yorktown is not an overly big school. No. It's a great school, from what I understand, of 600 or 700 kids. Great schools of 600 and 700 kids are not competing with Carmel and Perry Meridian and Center Grove at you, this point. You've got to have the academy. That academy that's at, that in that Indianapolis academy or in the academy, that's what's going to drive those kids, and they're going to build those teams out of that academy. And you saw when Yorktown sort of fell apart there at the end, you know, their best wrestlers that year that were going to be seniors, they ended up at Cathedral. Yes, yes, they yes. ended up going to different places because they are in that proximity to that. And, uh, you know, like you said, Yorktown with a new coach. Kurt Hess came in, a Jay County graduate. They got rid of him. They got a new coach in now again. And it's going to take some time. And they're going to take their lumps. And, uh, you know, beating Yorktown isn't what it used to be. But, you know, it, nobody wants to see a program 
go by the wayside and not be competitive. You know, Everybody in this area is better if Yorktown is better. We, we watched that with Delta, too. And everybody was kind of saying, it's a shame to see that Delta. But it took a bunch of Muncie South guys that were in that same area you are, that, whose kids started going to Delta, and they brought that team back and gave it some respect again. Sure, there were some Southside South guys uh, helped at Delta. But Delta, Delta had some Delta guys there, too. I mean, you give them credit. Um, you know, Mark Foreman helped there. Uh, Jeff Pease helped there. Um, Gary Slishman did a great job with the, with the club, starting young. I mean, um, you, you know, know it, t- it took work. I mean, but they got it. They got it going. Davy Locke, he's a Delta Davey guy. Davy Locke, yes, Davy Locke helped. Uh, Tuttle, Tuttle's uh, there helping. And you know, and, and if you look, if you look, if you look at Delta right now, um, all the way down, you, you see names of, of of dads that's wrestled. At Delta before, like Ronimus and and um, you know Mosier's actually the coach there. He's a Yorktown guy, and he's doing. I mean, he's doing a good job. Well, Rex, uh, Trevor Gray, auctioneer and realtor in Decatur, is proud to support local high school wrestling. Uh, he's got a listing right now in Pleasant Mills. Uh, there's a house right on the river, uh, just off of 101, two bedroom, one and a half bath. A new listing for Trevor. Give him a call at two two three seven five zero three. Uh, that listing is for $69,900. And uh, ask him about the market out that way. Uh, I tell you what, if I could buy a house that was just uh, five minutes from the Wilshire Drive-In, Rex, that is, <laughs> that's a selling point as far as I'm concerned. So that's Trevor Gray at uh, Crookerberg Auction and Realty, 223-7503. Call him about that listing at Pleasant Mills. As we sit in the back studio for our final round of messages, we'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Hi, it's Jessie from Heller Nursery and the Christmas season is here. We have fresh cut Christmas trees and greens for decorating. I make wreaths and grave blankets daily. Come to Heller's for your holiday decorations. Poinsettias are a great gift for the ones staying home this season. And we have several new varieties to choose from. Open seven days a week, Heller Nursery is located on 400 West in between 124 and 224, just west of Decatur. Follow the signs. See updates about Christmas on our Facebook page at Heller Nursery. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephanie Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and tonight's special was a uh, 
chicken pasta with a breadstick, six ninety nine. Uh, I've got one to go, and it's going to be wonderful for lunch tomorrow. I had the Reuben sandwich tonight, and I uh, hadn't had one in a while since uh, maybe the last time I played golf with AJ. But it, it because was, you missed the chicken cordon bleu, I last did week. miss the chicken cordon bleu, and I'm hoping that maybe chicken enchiladas uh, re- reappear here in the the near future. But uh, Rex, we do have wrestling this week. Belmont may be off, but uh, South Adams, as they we saw. Uh, this is a team that I, I think is going to be pretty competitive in 1A once they get everybody back from football. Of course, we want to congratulate James Arnold, finally uh, committed to uh, Marion. Now, there are better schools in uh, downtown Indianapolis near 38th Street. I'm not going to mention one of them, but uh, that Mr. Arnold might have been considering. But uh, a, a fine place Marion is, and uh, we wish him all the luck. Uh, we, Rex, you and I had a great time watching him play, and, and just a great young man. We interviewed him on Hitzer a couple weeks ago, and uh, we wish him the best of luck. Now, South Adams is going to wrestle this week, tomorrow. And on Thursday, they got Eastbrook tomorrow, Parkway on uh, Thursday, and then on Saturday, I believe they have a set of duels that they're going to, but their their schedule has gone through a lot of flux also, so they're still trying to get everybody back and, and healthy. And uh, we saw that uh, A.J. Dahl, I don't know if he wrestled at all on Saturday, did he? He did. Just like one match maybe? He did. I think he got forfeits the rest <clears throat> of the time. Yeah. So now the rest of the week on WZBD, uh, it's kind of short because of some of COVID-related things. Uh, we've got no sports on tomorrow night, but on Wednesday we've got Purdue basketball, 6 uh, p.m. pregame with a 7 p.m. Tick, uh, tip-off. Then on Thursday we've got the Jeff Brom show as he comes back for another show and discusses Friday's Old Oak and Bucket game. Um, unfortunately for Old Oak and Bucket game fans, we already had basketball scheduled for Friday, and they kind of sprung. I don't think anybody really knew that that game was going to happen until this weekend when they announced it. Um, we are still working out the details there, but there's high school basketball, Woodland at Adam Central on Friday, and either we're going to join the game in progress or it's going to be tape delayed on WZBD on Friday. Then on Saturday, we've got the high school basketball coaches show with Matt Conversay. Um, on my way down to Monroe on Saturday, it was the boys' coaches, so that means that the girls' coaches will be in the, the uh, studio before the Christmas break. Then Rex and I will have the first two rounds of the Yorktown duels, and then we've got tip-off, uh, 1 p.m. pregame, 1.30 tip-off between Adam Central and Bluffton in girls' basketball. That is a rematch of last year's sectional finals, a very good game. And then Purdue and Notre Dame basketball will follow, and then on Sunday the Colts play the Texans the Colts in good position to make the playoffs this year. And then we will have our Team State Reveal show at 6 o'clock. We are going to reveal to you the seeds and then the brackets for 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A. The 1A and 2A teams are going to uh, have a 12-team tournament, and the 3A and 4A teams have eight teams. Uh, It's a different setup this year. There are not going to be pools of three. It is going to be a regular bracketed tournament as they have changed it. There is going to, so it's going to be a 16-team bracket. So the, the teams that get put in the top four seeds are going to have a bye. And then we're going to be down to eight teams, and we'll have a regular eight-team bracket. And those teams that lose in the first round, then they will take a, a bye and they will come back and wrestle the losers of, of the, the round in the winner's bracket. So a little bit different setup. Um, but uh, it's still going to be the top four teams separated, and we'll end up with semifinals. Last year, it kind of left a sour taste in people's mouths when Adam Central got into that group where everybody went one and one, and the team who was seeded the highest didn't get to go on to the semifinals, 
and Adam Central, and it was kind of a weird setup. So this year there's going to be there's going to be no ambiguity there. If you win, you move on. If you lose, you fall into the losers bracket. Everybody's going to be guaranteed at least two matches according to the format that we have for 1A and 2A. And you say guarantee, meaning you're guaranteeing that we're going to have a tournament maybe. If you show up and weigh in, they're going to guarantee you two matches. Well, we I, don't know how many teams are actually going to show up, but you know what? Know where we're, we're showing up. We don't even know where you're going. <laughs> At some point, you should get on the bus, and your bus driver should know where they're going. That's going to be the key for Team State this year is making sure the – who was it last year? Whose team did we have – that went to the wrong place. Where were we last year? Was that Adams Central? Somebody ended up at, at South Bend Adams instead of Adams Central. <laughs> Which tournament was that for? I remember that. I heard that story yeah, too. It was, they're not real close together either. No, they're not. No. I can't remember who it was. It might have been for the Jet Invite in January. One of the teams from Lafayette, I think, might have gotten on the bus. And we're in that, but I've heard this story, but I don't know where. I don't know the where bus driver, for whatever reason, wrote down Adams High School instead of Adams Central, and they ended up at South Bend Adams, mm-hmm. and the coaches never realized it. Yeah, that's what happens, Tony. You just sleep on a bus. You've got to pay attention to where the bus driver is going. But Hell, at a small school, he may be the bus driver and the coach. I don't know how that I've works. I've seen him drive the bus yeah, away have, from the sectional floor. I have driven the bus. Driven so, the bus. Tony, we really do appreciate you coming on as our show winds down to the end for our, our regular uh, aired on the radio portion. We will do do our little podcast edition. But uh, we do thank you for coming up, uh, taking the time to drive up here uh, north, and uh, hope you had some good chicken wings and uh, – with that, uh, we really appreciate you sitting in as a guest tonight. Thanks. I, I, I appreciate being here. It's great. You know, the only reason you're here is because you've actually admitted to listening to our show. That's yeah, true. Yeah, there you go. I do listen to So anybody that listens automatically gets put on the show, I think. <laughs> now, don't forget, next Sunday, the show starts at 6, and we are going to have a two-hour show. And we're going to be joined by Joe Caprino and Mike Reiser. They're going to bring us the individual rankings. They're going to bring us the technology. And they're going to plug us into the Indiana Mat uh, format. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. With that, our show has ended for the night. And we're going to see you on. We'll tune in for us on Sunday. And uh, with that, we're, our show's out. I'd like to thank Steve Gagel for running board for us. And I'd like to thank all of our fine sponsors that helped bring this show to you, which we dub as the greatest high school wrestling talk show in the state of Indiana. On radio. On radio. That's right. Coach, tell us a little bit about this Cowan team as some other maybe 1A uh, fans and coaches are are discussing uh, what your team looks like. And uh, it's always neat to see new programs enter this tournament, so it's not always the exact same teams. But uh, tell us a little bit about about what you have for a team this year. Well, um, we're we're definitely young. a lot of brothers. We have a lot of brothers on the team. We uh, we got a couple of twins at the at the bottom of the lineup. Is that a set of um, twins at one hundred six and one thirteen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 Rafe and Bo and Keith. Uh, they've been in the program, you know, since it started. Um, my, of course, I got my two boys, Toby and Levi. Uh, there's, you know, we got a couple uh, brothers, Keegan and Caleb, um, Dalton and Jesse May. Um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a it's a nice tight group of, of of kids that are working working toward the goal, man. Like I said, they've they bought into what I'm selling, and and um, we just keep pushing them hard. And I know last year we sat down at regional at Jay County and and had some free pizza provided by the Jay County Athletic Department. And you'd had a rough day. I think you had one win. 
Yeah, two wins. Two, two wins. wins. Two in wins. the in the opening round at regional, obviously, if you win, you move on to semi state. If you lose, your season's over. But you really, how many regional qualifiers did you have last we, year? We, we we were two and nine in that first round. Um, but I mean, you know, with the freshmen and the sophomores that we had. It was expected. I mean, it wasn't something that was a surprise to me. I wasn't angry about it. I knew we were young. I knew we were gaining experience. So, um, yeah, it was rough um, in, in some people's eyes. But, you know, I, I, knew that, I knew that we'd come back from it and, and we'd build off of it. And, the, and that's part of your job as a coach is to tell those kids, hey, you, you know, this is the way your season ends. And it is an abrupt end. You, you, you qualify in this sort of big tournament at sectional where you've got eight or nine teams and, and at both of our sectionals there's probably two or three forfeits and you may only have to beat one guy with two arms to get in. But then you get to regional and you've wrestled this whole week, you've practiced this whole week, and for some of the, the younger guys or the, the lighter guys, you get out there and at Jay County, it's 8.30, it's not 9 o'clock, and by 8.37, your season's over. And you've <laughs> wasted a whole week of your life in practice, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm done now. Like, that that wasn't very long at all. Sure, and, and it builds up, too. I mean, you got to understand, when these kids when these kids make it out of the sectional and top four and get get to uh, regional, they start they start believing in themselves. I mean, and that's what we want. Um, but they're, they're getting ready to face tougher opponents than they've ta- you know, faced for, for – you know, in the, the week before, definitely. So, it, it is tough. It is tough for them. And yeah. as a as a coach, you gotta you gotta make them realize. And and sometimes you just gotta you gotta show them the results and the math. Uh, like I said, I've got sheets like this for a hundred teams across the state. Any freshman or sophomore who's a regional qualifier, they've got a seventy five percent chance the next year of being a semi state sure, qualifier. Sure. There is a logical progression for kids both in confidence and ability, that when you make it to that level, the next year you take the next step. And I think it's important to point that out to kids. You know, it used to be that Delta sectional was real powerhouse. It's not as strong as it used to be, but that sectional, the Jay County sectional with uh, Belmont, Nor- uh, Adams Central, Southern Wells, I mean, some of those teams, the Bluffton's, I mean, that's a crapshoot nowadays. I mean, there's no real one powerhouse that's going to come in and dominate that I mean, you're going to have four teams with two, three champions. And studs. Are, and, I mean, there's studs in all of those in yeah. all those teams. They they all have their studs. I mean, it may be one of the most competitive regionals team race as far as the distance between first place and sixth place may be the closest margin that there is at any regional in, across the state. A rat tail fall could win the tournament for you. Well, except Mr. Uh, What's-His-Face doesn't score a rat tail fall anymore. <laughs> we won't get into that in this episode who, who, of the show. Who we haven't invited That's going to have to be a private podcast, I believe, <laughs> as we go forward. But uh, um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? We talked about the Delta sectional. We talked about the Delta regional. Let's go way back. Let's go, let's go back to uh, – Tony Abbott and Paul Baker and Belmont back-to-back champs, eighty-seven and eighty-eight. When did Muncie South win their team titles? We won in ninety. In ninety, we won one in seventy-five too before my time. Yeah, with closer the, to Rex's time. Yeah, with uh, Cartwright, Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim yeah. Cartwright. Jim Cartwright was. The and that would have been your senior year in nineteen ninety. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like to wrestle Belmont. Where you wrestled them, that kind of thing. Uh, um, I'll tell you what, man. Let me tell you this real quick story. Um, and I don't know exactly what time it was, but they had Belmont and, and Muncie South had had a pretty good rivalry. So I remember going into the locker room one time before the match. Of course, at that time we had uh, freshman wrestle and and JV wrestle, and they had two mats out, and they would clean them, put 
put it to one mat, and um, the varsity would come out. And I remember my coach, we were in the locker room, and my coach come in, and, and he was losing his hair at the time and all this, and he was he had a perm and all that stuff, you know, trying to make his hair look better. And I remember him saying, hey, guys, you know, when you go out there, pull your hoods up because they're throwing stuff out there. And And – I didn't know. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Maybe a kid dropped popcorn. But I looked up, and my coach had popcorn all over his perm and his hair. And, and, and I was like, yeah. But that's, that's what it was. I mean, like I said, it was uh, – we, 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 when we wrestled Belmont, it was, it was always a good, a good hard-fought duel meet every time. No, I know there was times when I wrestled at Muncie Cent- – I refereed at Muncie Central. And Muncie Central – I had the Muncie Central versus Muncie Southside match a couple of times. I tell you what – when they turn the lights out, people were throwing pennies onto the mat. I got okay. pelted by pennies. And that was back in the mid-'80s, probably mid-'80s. And they were throwing them at the wrestlers, not at the referee. <laughs> Maybe they were just throwing them at you, Rex. Yeah, I don't know. Rex. No. They, they, finally, they finally made them turn the lights back on because they were, the wrestlers, the fans hated the other wrestlers so bad. It didn't matter what referee was on the mat. They hated the other team so bad because those were some rivalries between, you know, Delta – Muncie Central or Delta Muncie South. South right. that, was a the, that was a big one. And back in the day, I had a lot of times I had the uh, Cathedral Delta match. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one too. Oh, That's, that was, uh, yeah. There's some great stories well, I about. Think, I think uh, I think Delta or one of the teams sent b- black roses to the other school or something. Was, I had the match that year at Delta, crazy. and it was it was terrible because one of the kids in the, in between the break. Um, I go to ask a kid whose choice was, and he turns and he f- double bird flips off the cathedral crowd. Yes, I know who and, that guy was. And I, the crowd goes nuts. I was like, what happened? And, he was uh, wrestling Lance Ellis. Yeah. And um, Don, um, Gint, not, not Ginther, uh, Palmer. Did, hey, Bud, Bud Palmer. Bud Palmer said, Rex, I need to speak with my wrestler for a moment, please. Yeah. And just as calm and politely come over, and it's like, I didn't know what was going on. And then he talked to him to come back out and finish matching. Yeah. Uh, they had two two referees in match, and one guy I come over and Brad Williamson had was the other guy, and Brad says, "Yeah, when you weren't looking, he double birded the the crowd." <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's why it went nuts. You know, sometimes you talk to high school wrestlers of today, and they just can't fathom that sort of uh, atmosphere and what that was like. And I've had a couple conversations with some kids uh, when Belmont was still traveling to the Cathedral Super Duel, and. You know, Belmont would wrestle Cathedral, and it was Coach Gunsett against Coach McGinley. And we've said some, you know, that's a that's a big deal for sure. Coach Gunsett. And the kids like, why? I'm like, you don't realize those two wrestled. Each- well, yeah, they wrestled each other. No, they wrestled each other in the state finals. Well, okay, no, no, they wrestled each other with the the team state finals on the line, and they're like, huh? And I'm like, no, that I mean. The, to be involved in those types of matches is something that these kids really don't even understand anymore because it's not the same atmosphere that it used to be. Right. You know, um, we, we, we had a dual meet with Delta, and I think it was 1983. It was a Muncie Southside. And the, uh, the fire department came in and made people leave. I mean, we, th- there was that many people there that, that they were over the, the limit of people in the capacity. It was, it was kind of crazy. I mean, but at that time, wrestling was just – it was just – it was different. I mean – I think I don't know if the Saturday stuff hurt it a little bit or what, but but the dual meets were huge back then. Yeah, those weeknight duels were big. Now, did you guys? If I'm trying to remember right, did you guys get involved in the Indiana's Best uh, tournament with uh, yeah. Yeah, with we, Modern Day, uh, St. Ed's, and and uh, Belmont? Yeah, 
And we, we did it here at Belmont. I think we did it at the Muncie Fieldhouse one year, too. Yeah, and then one year it got snowed out, right? Sure. And, and it, never, it never actually happened. After that. I think, I think it snowed out a couple years, and, and uh, modern day, were, they didn't want to take the chance, so they scheduled something else. You know, it was like. Yeah, let's do else. Some of the stories out of out of those matches, of course, was it was it eighty eight when Belmont wrestled St. Ed's, and they won maybe one or two matches out yeah, of the I don't, one I match one. out of the th- John Kent's was the only winner, and Paul Gunsett lost. That was the year. Yeah, yep. and that was uh, one heck of a match. I, I, I was thinking that Muncie South was involved in that. And my son lives in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and I drive through Cleveland there once in a while, and I'm driving down the street there day, and one day and I look, hey. There's a school sitting here. It's St. Ed's. <laughs> it's like, that's where it's at. I, there, I, yeah, there it is. And I, I got a friend of mine that lives there, and he said, yeah, growing up, he knew that those were the kids that, you know, those were the elite kids. And, you know, he knew guys that, oh, they wrestled for them. I mean, it's just like, no, they didn't think nothing of it, that they were just like national champions. And now it's kind of neat because, uh, and I don't know if your guys have any experience with this, but this uh, Jeff Jordan camp in Ohio sure. is, ex- yeah. is, is uh, exposing some of the – Guys from this area, from Belmont, Adam Central, Bluffton, New Haven, they're going over and they're wrestling in Ohio with Jeff Jordan at his camp and uh, sort of getting into the same circles as, as some of those St. Ed's guys that, that, that used to clash with Belmont way back in the 80s. Sure, yeah. Yeah, we, we send groups over there to uh, Jeff Jordan. You know what's crazy to me is, is how close it is from where we're at. It's, it's like an hour and a half. And, you know, if I would have known that growing up, or or even in my coaching career, I'd have probably went and ca- caught some of their dual meets. You know, I didn't realize it was so close. So, Dane, uh, we like anything else you want to talk about, or we're no? We I t- mean, Tony's got a long drive home. Get I, th- I think the biggest settle. thing is that we talked about this on the uh, when we were eating. Is we, we're still waiting on word on what we're trying to do with one A and two A. I said earlier there are a lot of people who are really putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort on something that may not happen, something that they're trying to convince some higher up that this is a good idea for them. And uh, I just think that uh, everybody that's listening should be appreciative of uh, all the hard work that's going in to, to try to give these kids this opportunity. And we've seen it in the last 10 years. It's a great tournament. There, there are so many fun moments. And I was, I was lucky enough. I had the camera last year. Uh, Rex and AJ were on the call. And uh, I was standing behind the Garrett bench when Isaac Freak got the pin that clinched Belmont's state title. And all the way along behind the Belmont bench, are all the guys who wrestled from Adam Central, but wrestle in Mad Men Academy with Tim Myers, go to Jeff Jordan, and they're all there cheering on their friends. And, you know, we've talked about it before. AC Belmont isn't really much of a rivalry anymore. It's more of a friendship in a lot of ways, other than the one night where they wrestle each other. Uh, they're really friends, and it, it's neat to go and cheer on local schools like that as you as you go forward. And you probably have that same thing in Delaware County because Delaware, there's a lot of schools in Delaware County that are pretty close together. Sure, yeah. You know, uh, and, and we try to train with w- w- kids that we can, you know. I mean, it, iron sharpens iron. We've already started, we talked about that with the wall piece that, we, uh, you know, we the Muncie Southside guys put up at – or supposedly put up in the <laughs> it's getting there it's getting there in the Belmont room but yeah so i mean it, we root for them especially just like anybody you know as soon as as soon as uh, the regional is over at semi state we're rooting for for our j county regional just as well so yeah we all stick together as much as we can now is that one of those things uh tony that uh, you guys uh 
Do you guys build up any of those dual meet teams that wrestle in summer duels with some of those kids in your area? We have wrestled in a few dual meet um, things. Um, we, we try to stick with Cowan kids because we're, we're, you know, they're starting to load in now um, with high school guys. But if we have spots, you know, we, we, we try to fill it up with whoever we can. We just have it. Unfortunately, we, you know, or fortunately, I guess we've, we've uh, been able to fill everything up with Cowan guys. But. And I think that's one of the changes too. You're talking about uh, cheering on local guys. When I was growing up, I'm, I can't say that I really rooted for Adam Central kids ever because I was a Belmont kid and, you know, I was 12, 15 years old and you always wanted uh, Belmont to be better than Adam Central. But I tell you what, when you get to Friday night and that Adam Central kid is out there against a kid from Chesterton or from Cathedral or if it's a Monroe Central heavyweight, like, man, I want to see that kid get his name out there and people ask, where's Monroe Central? That kind of thing. Uh, I think that's really changed too. And part of that might be the little guy uh, syndrome of Fort Wayne being the guy that everybody's picking on. And I can't say that there's a Fort Wayne semi-state kid that I root against when it comes to state. I mean, I want all of those guys to win because we need as much representation and respect as we can get. But uh, I think that's something that's changed over the last 15 to 20 years. You used to root against your rivals. And now, man, you can't hardly root against a kid that's from your area just because you want to be represented. You know, when, when Yorktown was, was winning everything in the area, they are the, the team that made the Fort Wayne Semi-State be on the map. Because everybody before was like, Fort Wayne Semi-State's the weakest. It's the weak sister. They made it equal. Well, I'll tell they, you they, what, they Yorktown brings four or five kids in there. You know they're going to be top four in the state. They made it good. The guys from, from – uh, uh, the Gimson boys from Jimtown the Jim last Jim couple of years. I tell you what, those kids really strengthened the four and semi state. And they get down there wrestling on on Saturday night in the finals at state finals, and it's like Fort Wayne is getting its place on a map for semi states now. Definitely, and you know it. It still may be the weakest semi state, but uh, it's still the best venue as far as I'm concerned. With that, I think we're going to be done for our podcast section of our show, and we do appreciate uh, Steve Gagel, uh, Steve Rouse for running aboard for us uh, this extra time, and I'd like to thank Tony for uh, making his way up here north and hope he really enjoyed his talk as much as Dane and I did. And uh, tune in uh, Sunday night? Sunday night. We're going to have all the information, and uh, we're going to give you the brackets and let you debate it and tell you. I'm sorry, you have you tell me why, why we're so wrong in the committee, but uh, it, is, it is what it is, and uh, as long as we've been doing it, there have been people who have disagreed, but uh, it's a lot of time put into uh, getting these teams uh, ranked as closely to possible as what they deserve, and uh, it's going to be fun. Dane, you do what you do. It doesn't make any difference to me. And the Browns are about to score, so we better get off the air. <laughs>